0: Where the fuck have you been? Because it has been weeks. You haven't answered mm. my calls.
1: Haven't That's responded not true.
0: to my texts. I went to your door and I did the whole placards thing. I, I had pop music on, got your attention, dropped signs, and the people there acted like they didn't know you.
1: Well, you're probably at the wrong house. And even if you were at the right, right house, um, pop music. Pop music. That's how you got to get me out.
0: Yeah, <laughs> maybe if I have a to little toxic, little Tay little bit yeah. of Britney Spears, you'd yeah. you'd be down in an instant. Yeah, I mean, it's weird. Be, so get I don't get know. The
1: Fuck off my property.
0: If it's better to go for like, I don't know, Bjork. Does
1: that get you? It's a weird one to put to put on a. A boombox above your head, but I'd be curious about Bjork. Okay, I'd be curious. I'd be like, "What is someone playing Bjork on a boombox out downstairs?" (laughs) Like that's a loud, that's a loud song. But yeah, it's been a, it's been a New York minute. Mm. That's funny, you said New York because where are you right now? Da 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 da. Um, I'm in the big city, the big smoke, big smoke, the big apple. Seoul. South <laughs> <Seoul> Korea. <laughs> Wait, South Korea. South Korea. Shit.
0: South Korea.
1: I keep making that mistake. Yeah. I'm sure um, the locals love that. They do not. Uh no, but we're I'm I'm here in, in Seoul on a very humid afternoon, uh two thirteen PM. Oh on a Friday. It's very specific. Um so yeah, I'm that's where I am enjoying life
0: yeah you're away you're you're in overseas you're this might not be the the correct word but you're unhoused you're, you're homeless at the moment you are I am sort homeless. of you're just a I'm, nomad i'm
1: between i'm between accommodation between homes yeah <laughs> for, for a permanent for an indefinite basis yeah um but yeah it's. has i missed you man i missed you me too i, I mean i've I been am. enjoying vicariously because i have for all of our
0: jokes and japes i've been watching your travels and and so many japes enjoying the the, enjoying the stories (laughs) enjoying the glimpses of overseas life it's yeah i mean look tell me tell me how it's going
1: um yeah so we've been traveling for a week and a half now um we started in japan did that for a week now in south korea um and we're going to vietnam on sunday so we've packed a lot in yeah i I have to say I was slightly surprised how quickly you were not in Japan well this was our thinking I do we do kind of regret that a little bit like we, we wish we could have spent more time there we, we could have um but um it would have been nice to spend a little bit more time there I think our thinking was you know we're going to have you know a bit of a, a bit of a holiday for ourselves and Japan and South Korea they're a bit more expensive so yeah we thought we'd try and limit that time and then when we get to Vietnam we'll have um We'll have like a place to stay in a bit more longer term um, kind of basis and then try and set ourselves up from there. Yeah. But, you know, I don't know. It's been nice. We, were, we were just we just did Osaka and Tokyo and we're just doing Seoul um, here and then we're kind of going to move around Vietnam at a bit of a slower, more slower pace. Mm. Yeah.
0: And, uh, I mean, just to backtrack, backtrack one step further, we had talked – on the last podcast we did, which was about a month ago, about squeezing one in, sort of the week before you left, um, yeah. And for various reasons, that didn't happen. But how were you feeling in the lead up in those final kind of days as you were preparing to, walk, you know, pack everything up and go? And how yeah. is that? How is that contrasted now that you're away?
1: That's a good question. I wasn't thinking. Oh, yeah. well I don't think I was thinking about. It much, I didn't have time. Work was so busy. I had the busiest week of my life, of, of my career, on that last week. Crazy. Um, and we went into crisis mode. I'll tell you off the pod, but it was, uh, yeah. it was a bit of a thing. Did I tell you about this?
0: This was when you designed that submarine.
1: Oh, yeah, we've got to talk about the submarine.
0: <laughs> I feel like by the time this comes out, everyone's going to be sick of the sub, but
1: yeah. Um, yeah, no, so I didn't have time to process this. I don't know if there's was a good or a bad thing but it was um it was just like full steam ahead and then on the sunday the day before we left we were like holy shit we're leaving tomorrow but the other funny thing is that like you know Lauren and I have been on this for a week and a half now and it's so weird to think like there was so much build up for this whole mm. trip like 6 months of yeah. just thinking about this thing and having it looming over and then we're you know we're on our on the couch in osaka and we're like, oh, we're on this trip right now. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's kind of weird. We're yeah. like doing it right now.
0: Yeah. Um, and weirdly, did you feel more relaxed now that it's happened? Like you're just sitting on a couch. You're like, I've got nothing. to Like I've got no work tomorrow. I don't have any yeah. places to be. I'm just on holiday. Like, do you feel all of a sudden like the exact uh, opposite of that stress now that you're sort of released from all of the planning of it? You can just
1: be in it. Well, the planning continues because we haven't, you know, mapped every s- single week of this trip out, and yeah, um, really, we've only kind of booked up until, you know, I think we've got three weeks kind of booked in yeah. terms of accommodation and movement, but then after that, it's kind of up for grabs. Yeah, but you know, it's it's. A, I was saying this to Lauren the other day that it's like it's in, it's. I have a remarkable ability to forget work. Completely, like <laughs> I, I, I'm like you know it, we kind of get into that stage now where we've been, you know, tr- even after ten days or whatever, you're like, what day is it? You know, you kind of lose track of like it's irrelevant to you in a, in a sense. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's 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 been a pretty quick transition and like a pretty seamless one. And you know when you when you're in a new environment and it's like Japan and Korea, completely different places to what we've been used to for the last few yeah, years. Yeah, hundred percent your 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 all your senses are firing you know when you when you just go outside to go get a cup of coffee you know your your the stimuli is just so profound that i think it's it lends itself to like forgetting a lot of um what's happening back in australia yeah. you know, and you can check it on instagram see what your friends are doing and they're doing all the same things that you were doing back there but i don't know just, there's a there's a real sense of detachment for me at least
0: Like a good detachment. Do you mean detachment, or do you mean like space?
1: Well, a a detachment from that life. Yeah. Um. And there's there's also the there's also the the thing that you know where you know usually when you go on you go overseas you're kind of going for a few weeks or you're going for a few months maybe. Um. There we're going indefinitely. So there is there's no actual. Um. There's no actual. uh, End in sight in 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 a in a sense like there will be an end to it eventually but there's no there's no oh we've we've got two weeks left or we've got you know two months left there's none of that so it's kind of like it's so like the the potential for it is so vast that um it's kind of it, it adds another layer and it's yeah. something that I haven't been haven't ever experienced before and I'm not sure how that is processed by us in real time i mean yeah i don't know it's 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 an interesting it's an interesting feeling it's definitely a freeing feeling it's 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 a feeling of liberation but also um trepidation i guess
0: if i was to guess i would imagine that there's going to be a point probably fairly soon where it switches in your head from i'm on holiday to this is my life now i, I think yes. that'll be a quite significant reframing like your, your brain will suddenly see it very differently where right now because you have those accommodations because you're moving in a fairly rapid place sorry pace from place to place yeah. um you, you're in a ho- you're on a holiday and and uh, you know you're enjoying it like a holiday but as you said i think at that point, where let's say you're in Vietnam and you're you're in Vietnam at a place where you don't know yet, you're gonna, you know, where you're gonna camp up and and for how long? I think there'll be a point there where you're like, okay, now I live in Vietnam, <laughs> and yeah. that's going to be a very interesting transition. I think.
1: Yeah. Well. Um, yeah. I, I don't know how. I don't know how that's going to go. It will be. It will be interesting to to kind of try and track that or note that in myself and in ourselves yeah um but yeah i imagine that will it will probably take a while because you know 10 days is probably not enough for the novelty of traveling to wear off um no i think it would take months
0: any things overlooked or any regrets about that week before you left like any fuck i forgot my eyes or i didn't get to see the you know these people or you know anything that before you went that was overlooked
1: no, I think we did a, a pre- pretty extensive uh, goodbye tour Yeah, um, where we said goodbye to, you know, the people that we really wanted to. So I probably shouldn't say that, should I? <laughs> oh, no, we missed so many people. Um, <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, no, y- we- you know, you could, you could, I've always thought of you as the John Farnham of this podcast. And I say it's, it's quite plausible. Wow. You could be back for another goodbye tour in a year or two.
1: Wow. Yes. The John Farnham. Is that because I'm the voice? You are the voice of the people. There you go. Um No, like we, we yeah, we, we did the goodbye as well. Um there was it was a bit emotional and um for the for the good ones, you yeah. <laughs> know. For the real so ones.
0: Anyone listening who didn't see tears from you in that
1: final moment. Not a real one. Not a real one. Not a real one. You don't matter no. to Michael. No, I mean just not enough. Not, not enough. enough, okay to get tears. Sure. Um but I, I just re- kind of regret bringing too many clothes, to be honest. That's my big regret. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Because it's very hard. I don't know about So what you, are we talking when, here? You've got one suitcase? Two suitcases? We've got one suitcase. Uh, mine started at 18 kilos. It's now up to 25 kilos because, uh, you know, the missus. Uh-huh. Has, oh, she- She's just full disclosure, she's right over across from me now. So she's you could be talking about a your studio other audience, misses. yeah. I'm not necessarily talking about you, Lauren. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I've taken on a bit of Lauren's clothing. Uh, well, yeah, that's can you hear that? <laughs> I didn't hear that. Okay, she's disagreeing. Um, but. You know, I've let's just say I've 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 have my suitcase has grown in size for some inexplicable reason, uh-huh. um, and you know we've we've kind of booked for thirty kilos in all of these planes, but I don't know about you, but when when I go outside, so let's say I'm in I'm in Christchurch, uh huh, and I get that up would in the be morning. Lovely. Is that on the car? <laughs> <laughs> it's never going to happen. <laughs> I get I get up in the morning, and I'm a bit cold. Uh huh. I'm a bit. Cold. i i a bit chilly, but it's 24 degrees outside. Okay. I don't check what the temperature is outside. I just dress because I'm cold now. I put on a sweater. I go outside. I regret the sweater. That's exactly how I've packed. I've packed too many warm things. I've ta- packed too many. Uh, you know, I don't. I don't really have sweaters, but I've got too much. I've got too much stuff. I wish I just had like four t-shirts and a pair of pants and a couple of pairs of shorts.
0: And I mean, famously, you get cold feet, so probably didn't need three <laughs> types of Ugg boots to put on in the morning. <laughs> you could have made do with one type of Ugg boot, because um, that's just added weight.
1: Was the cold feet thing there a joke, a, a double joke? You
0: can joke it, while, you take it however you want. That's that's one of my okay. japes. All right, classic Nico jake. <laughs> <laughs> Look, there's much to talk about, but for right now, let's just get into the intro. Let's do it, Nick. Intro Not time, I, I, I don't know why I set it up that way, I'm out of practice Welcome to Deep Fort everybody, thank you so much for joining us in this newly international podcast Still two Australians, talking Australia, neither of us in Australia Sitting through the internet with me this week in Seoul, South Korea, my friend Michael, hello Hello And my name's Nick, thank you so much for asking, it's lovely to be here Lovely to be here. I have
1: missed you, Nick. I have I'm to missed, say, this miss- is
0: the best internet connection you have ever had in your life. So, yeah, famously good internet and you are you are crystal clear right now. I feel like I'm seeing well, words before you've even uttered them out of your mouth, you know.
1: Well, if you could if you could let me know what those words are before I actually say them, that'd be handy for me. <laughs> because um, I've got about a three-second lag on, <laughs> on your brain on to map, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, but also new laptop. That's new lappy. Yeah, yeah. Part, partly to do with it, but um, yeah, uh, it's going to slow down after this. I would say in Vietnam. Just a heads up. But enjoy it while it lasts. <laughs> you know. I am enjoying it. I appreciate that. Yeah, and hopefully, hopefully, when we do become a bit more based um, somewhere. Uh, <laughs> Was that was that a weird sentence?
0: Well, based is sort of its own slang, but continuing, yes. Yeah.
1: Um, we're based. Does based mean cool? I I think
0: yeah. It's like based in fact. is, is the idea. Like that's like a that's like a good opinion. Is the idea? It's like, like true. Yeah, it's like true, but it's like cool true. It's like cool true. Yeah, and that's well, that's cool, the name true of the game. Is
1: not, I'm <laughs> neither of those things. I'm neither cool nor true.
0: Oh, I I think that people would disagree about the true thing you know you're very you're nothing if not um explicit in what you think or believe at any moment
1: well thank you for the half compliment um yeah but what i was saying is that you know hopefully when we get to to vietnam there's a little bit more uh, regularity uh, it's just been a bit chaotic the last few weeks so i know we've got you know at least half a dozen listeners out there that are going where's the podcast yeah um but, you know, hopefully we'll hopefully back. it will kind of iron itself out in yeah. the next few weeks. Yeah, it should be
0: good. Um, how is the, the travel dynamics going? Like we established before, I mean, you've got, you know, you'll have to blink your answers to this one because there is someone in the room still. But uh, well, we were talking about before leaving how you'd never, like, lived in the same house before. And now here <laughs> you are 10 days in
1: of 24-7 contact um yeah no it's it's been good i think we're traveling well together we have we've this it's been it had a couple of tense moments but it's been like it's been overall very good i good. think um i I've, I've come with a few dilemmas here and um i have told lauren that she should there's this one one particular dilemma that we had that i think I wanted to get your your input on okay um then maybe um if Lauren feels like I'm not representing her side of the story appropriately, then um, I can uh, she can jump on and give her side. Okay. Um, so <clears throat> the first flight from we had a connecting flight from Melbourne to Cairns, and then Cairns to Osaka. Oh. And um, we. That second, so the first flight was about four hours, I think. And then uh, the second flight is about seven and a half hours. Four hours
0: from Melbourne to Cairns. Yeah. I suppose.
1: Maybe, maybe I suppose less. Going, yeah. Anyway. Maybe less. So, anyway, um, I, gracio- I book the tickets. I graciously give Lauren the window seat. Um, and I take the middle, thinking that, you know, uh, we're probably going to get lucky. On that second leg, you know, the the seven and a half hour flight to uh-huh. Osaka. Uh-huh. So, um, we, uh huh. So we, by by get lucky, I mean, you know, <laughs> hopefully there's no one next to us who's who's flying from Cairns to Osaka. Sure. Turns out, a lot of people. Yeah. Um. So just before, oh, no, this is just after takeoff. Take off the seatbelt sign, and I noticed that there's a. There's an emergency exit row that's uh-huh. completely free, Uh-huh. right? Actually, uh-huh. we noticed this just before takeoff. We thought, uh-huh. you know, you've got to stand your seats before, before it, you know, while it takes off, and then you can move around if, if you, if you want. Who are we so, flying with? Uh, good old Jetstar. Okay, but this is this is you know this is this is not just any emergency exit row. This is the one just before business class where you've got extra extra leg room. Okay, right. Um, so we've clocked this. We've clocked this seat. I'm in the middle. I'm next to some just regular-looking guy, I guess, just mm-hmm. some hairy guy. Mm-hmm. And um, quite hairy. And so they take off the seatbelt, and I ask the guy to to scooch up. He gets up, but he's a little bit annoyed. He uh, he gives me a. Little, he doesn't say yeah, no worries, none of that. He kind of. I might have just uh, in. Like, heard this in my head, but I, I suspected that he made a little, like, like muttered that he was annoyed that I, you know, asked him to get up. And he's thinking, you know, is this just going to be a what happens throughout the whole flight? I'm going to have to get up for this asshole.
0: Is he, like, 50 right? or, like,
1: same age? What are you talking? I think he's about the same age as me. Okay.
0: So when he was like, yeah. rawr, 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 it's not like a grandpa. It's like he's an able-bodied
1: guy, you know, yeah.
0: like, shouldn't really be causing a fuss.
1: I mean, I, I I get it. Like, if I was in his position, I'd be I'd be worried that there's going to be a lot of moving around, and you know, I I don't want to have to get up. Yeah. You know, multiple times if I want to sleep or whatever. Anyway, so I get up.
0: Sorry, just one more question, then I will let you get When you say you might want to sleep, this is a night flight.
1: No, no, this is this is just during the day, but okay. People people sleep. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I'm just checking. Flies. Um, so as I'm doing this, there's another Japanese businessman who has also seen this uh, premium seat that's uh-huh. free, and he's jumped over into the window, and he's put his stuff in the middle seat. So I'm like, ah, shit, I kind of missed my chance here, thinking that Lauren and I could just move up yeah. to the emergency exit row and have you know a very comfortable flight rather than being in row 13 or whatever. So... This is the uh, this is the <laughs> the, the dilemmary part. So, in my head, I'm thinking this guy who is sitting next to me is kind of annoyed that I'm like making him get up. So, I make a split second decision to grab my stuff and take that seat, mm-hmm. not really thinking about you know whether or not Lauren can come or wants to come maybe she wants to stay in So there, your logic in, the window
0: seat. in this moment is I'm going to grab aisle seat in this emergency exit yes for us and then for after us, we've got it maybe we can have the conversation hey Lauren do you want to be up here do I want to be up here but look we've we've called dibs this is on us yes the middle seat there has businessman shit on it
1: Yes, but he he could plausibly move it? He's well he order, he he immediately did. Okay. Because I I, you know, I kind of asked him, I was like, Are you all right if I take this seat? Because I think in his head, Japanese businessman is thinking, you know, I've got this whole aisle to myself. I've got this whole row to myself. This is you know, yeah. maybe I can even lie down. Yeah. Um but he he's just like, Yeah, yeah, take take that one. You know, we, we just want he's to be fair, he was sitting already in a already in the same row. So he had that legroom. Okay. But he was smushed between two, let's say, uh larger, larger folks. People. Uh one which had a nasty cough, like a oh. thick cough. So oh. I understand I his it. move yeah. entirely. Um but the other thing was, you know, I'm thinking you know, window seat to me is the is the premium seat, no matter where you are. And also because I've left you know, it also frees up a little bit of the room. So I'm thinking, you know, Lauren might want the extra room. I'm mm-hmm. also only two two rows ahead. There's mm-hmm. still a little communication there if you mm-hmm. want. Now, Lauren did not see it that way. So what? Ha-
0: so what happens next? You go up there, you sit down there. Are you expecting her to follow you? Are you dumping your stuff, coming back to tell her what you've done? What happens next?
1: So, you know, this is only two rows ahead. So I put my stuff there. I come back. I say, you know, I've got those seats there. Um, do you want... I offered the seat to Lauren.
0: Uh-huh.
1: She's saying, Lauren, do you want to give your version of events here? No? no? Oh, okay. okay. I'll just... So far, that
0: means you're not egregiously off-base factually.
1: Okay. Would you agree that I'm not off-base here? In, in terms of the facts laid down. In terms of the facts.
0: It was, you just got off.
1: So from Lauren's end, it was that I just got up and didn't tell her that what I was doing. So I just got up. I didn't even know if I was going to take the seat at this point. Uh I got up and then I thought, I don't want to ask this guy who sat back down in his seat, the guy who was originally next to me. I don't want to ask him to get up again. So and with with the potential that I might move back again. So Uh I think I just made a split second decision to Uh go take the seat. So Lauren stayed in the in row thirteen. I'm in row eleven uh-huh. now with the extra leg room, loving life. I'm already in cocktails. <laughs> I'm talking to the staff. Me and me and the Japanese businessman played a couple of games of chess. Trading. Exchange phone numbers, business cards. Yeah. Um, and I think um Yeah, I think that, that rub that just that rubs salt in the wound, I think. For, okay.
0: Old L dog over there. Because she loves making connections with business types. She
1: loves she loves chess and she loves Japanese men, two of her favourite things. Yeah. I so I kind it. of took that from her.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, now that I have the lay of the land, in yep. fact, the lie of the land, the there are a few things here. One, Hit me. window seat is trash. I don't know why anyone would want it.
1: <laughs> so, only, ch- only children love the window seat.
0: Only children want a window.
1: Yeah, and children, a child on a plane.
0: Children and people with, I guess, narcolepsy or something that needs like head support, right? Sure. Windows, rubbish. As a long legged individual, proudly, and I won't back down about it, <laughs> the aisle is the place to be, and we all know it. You can stick a leg out into the aisle. Not only do you get that stretch room, you can have fun tripping up waiters. You can trip up kids. You can waiters. impede.
1: Waiters. <laughs> Sorry,
0: I only travel in first. I don't know what it's like for you <laughs> back in <laughs> yeah. the economy. Um,
1: You've got waiters there who are, who are yeah, separate I don't from know. the do what, what are they called?
0: Like the ushers? Whoever yeah, it yeah. is back there.
1: Now, now, just a point on the aisle seat. Uh-huh. Um, I get that there's a little bit of extra space, a little bit, bit of extra leg room. But if you're on a long haul flight, for me, I want to, I want to kind of relax and like nestle into some sort of position that might induce uh, a sleepy state. Sure. If I've got a leg, if I've got a leg out, I'm constantly worrying about, am I going to trip up a waiter?
0: Yeah, but you got the benefit of both, don't you? If you want to, if you want to side stretch the leg, you can go out into the aisle. If you want to nestle, you can go under the seat in front. You, you've got both. Okay.
1: Mm.
0: So obviously, but you can't look out and was... see.
1: You can't. You like can't look out the window and see all the. Yes, you can. All the stuff. You can look out the window.
0: I mean, it's smaller, but you know, what are you going to see most of the time? Other than maybe for five minutes on take up and five minutes on landing, what are you going to see? Clouds. Just fucking I l- Google it. I love
1: looking at the clouds. <laughs> so I can look at the clouds for hours.
0: That was your your first error. Um, I think it's obvious that communication would have helped. I think the other yeah. factor here is this is day one, right? You is just first flight, yeah. <laughs> you have uprooted your entire life together, and within four
1: hours you bailed. <laughs> so I think that was part, part of Lauren's issue with it was that Yeah, basically first flight. I'm not even sitting next to her (laughs) when we touch down in this new country. Yeah. And, I mean, look,
0: from her perspective, there was an option there where she could have theoretically joined you in the middle a few rows ahead. But I don't know how she's meant to know what you're thinking if you don't tell her and you just fucking go. So I think a little bit of hurt feelings...
1: You know, she's got a very validated look on her face right now.
0: I think that, you know, I think that it is fair that your intentions were good. I think we can all agree an exit row. wow, Chef's kiss. We love it. We love <laughs> the legs. Waiters kiss. Waiters kiss. <laughs> but you should probably tell your partner what you're doing before you just disappear and go have cocktails with a Japanese
1: businessman. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, well, okay, well the court is still
0: in session <laughs> were there other issues, or is that that you
1: mean um bugbear yeah, I think that was that was uh okay. i look, i i I agree the communication was was not where it should have been, but um you know I panic, I panic sometimes I panic, and I don't know what i'm I don't know what I'm doing It's like much like I don't know what I'm saying until three seconds later yeah, I don't sometimes know what I'm doing until you're impulsive.
0: Well-meaning
1: impulsive. impulsive. Thank you. Good couples counselling there, Nick. You're welcome. Um, Um, Now, have you shat in the vicinity of each other yet?
0: (laughs) Uh,
1: Yeah. uh, Well, look, okay, so the shitting thing. um, This is... (laughs) (laughs) You've got her attention. (laughs) Um,
0: I think the watch that time actually did get caught on (laughs) mic.
1: Oh, Good. What? Um, so, we've where we've been staying, as you know, Japan and Korea, um, densely populated places. You know where we're staying. We've we've stayed in some very, let's say, cozy apartments. The one that we're in now is actually a loft. Yeah, nice. uh, where the with the beds kind of above the kitchen. Cool. If you know what I mean, and you, we kind of have to, yeah. we have to kind of do this walk crawl, um, <laughs> to commando crawl. To yeah. get up to bed every night, uh-huh. which is which is kind of fun. It's actually kind of nice to sleep with a roof that's you know that you can touch with your hand. Like, oh, down.
0: I would stand up and just bonk myself every time. I think
1: no. Well, I have been worried about that, but the night terrors, you know, I haven't haven't had many night terrors. Well, that's I good over here. But I can imagine for a tall guy like you, it's not going to be fun. Yeah, bonk city. Um, but yeah, so yeah, it's, it's a tricky situation. Um, but I think we're, we're kind of managing it pretty, pretty well. I, I look, you're not going to be able to hide it completely, but you know, I think there's an element of, uh, discretion. Um, there's another word that I want to think of here. Can't think of it now. Don't worry. Um, but you know, there's like, you know, you, not saying you'd go out of your way to try and hide it, but you know, I, you want to keep the, it's still to courtesy, keep the romance yeah. alive. Um, So I think we've done a pretty good job. I haven't heard anything that's, uh you know, <laughs> made me want to fail. <laughs> I don't get why
0: you're so <laughs> tired about it. Like, why? why are you not happy to, like, shit in the room next to someone, but you're perfectly happy to shit on each other during
1: sex? Like, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> well... Cleveland steam is kind of hot Um, and it's, it's all about context. It's all about context. Yeah. Um, No, look, I don't 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 understand
0: straight sex.
1: I don't get it. I assume. Yeah. Honestly, neither do I. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, but it's, it's, it's not, it's not really been an issue. And um, this is kind of the the closest closest quarters that we'll be living in. Yeah. The moment, but you know, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I should say this, but I I can be easily grossed out by a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and Lauren's just, I'm not just saying that because she's staring at me right now, mm-hmm. but Lauren is one of the few people in my life that just never grossed me out. Correct. And she's pretty gross, objectively <laughs> speaking.
0: Okay. Uh, you catch the nice thing immediately in a less nice thing, which <laughs> is sort of par for the course.
1: <laughs> um. Look, I don't want to, I don't want to h- completely hog the pog. You don't want to um, hog the pog. I don't want to completely hog. I'm worried about like hogging the pog on, um, on all this travel stuff. Yeah. Um, but, but I do I have- feel like
0: this is important. Like, I, I don't think that for the rest of our podcasts in your travel era, we're going to be as focused on, it, oh, but this is day one, you know, I'm interested in this
1: stuff. Okay. Well, I'll, I do I've have a couple of things written down. Yeah, I do All have right, you a,
0: a, a science news lined up, and I do have a couple of other little talking points stuff that we can touch on. Um, but I'm just thinking if there was anything else travel wise that I oh I, I guess I just want to know like have you enjoyed the places you've been? Like you tell us tell me about North Korea.
1: Yeah, so we did the DMZ, the Demilitarized Zone, yesterday, um, which is. A very bizarre experience. Like it wasn't, it was cool. It was cool. And it's only, it's crazy because we're in Seoul here, which is kind of the north of South Korea. Um, And it's like an hour, you can drive, we could theoretically drive to Pyongyang in North Korea in two hours. Wow. Yeah. I didn't realize how close they were. Um, the the tour itself was was interesting. You obviously just in the, on a bus with a bunch of other white people, which is fine. Koreans didn't. I mean, we met some Korean lads um, the night before. They had no idea you would even you could even tour. You could even go to the demilitarized zone. Wow! Like they had no idea. They're like is that something white people do? Um. So yeah, it was it was interesting. We we went to they take you to a, a couple of various checkpoints. It wasn't exactly clear at the start where those checkpoints would be. So, you know, I think I was sending you photos initially when we got to the first zone and I was taking photos and I was like, North Korea is just over there, but then they drive you even closer Yeah. and you can literally that you, you go up to this observation deck and you can literally see, um, you know, cars in North Korea moving along and, um, it, we didn't see any That's farmers so working. Weird, but, you know, Isn't it an observation a, it, deck? Like you're going to the um, fucking zoo. Well, that's, that's exactly what I said. Like it's, it it was so strange to be looking at people just living their lives. (laughs) If you didn't have the context of, you know, North Korea being, you know, the, the villain of the world, um, it wouldn't, it wouldn't mean anything to you really, but, but having that context, it does make it like, Oh, Whoa, it's like North Korea. It's like the North Korea. Um, but you really are just watching people live their lives, which is interesting. Also, you can go to North Korea. Yeah, so that's what It's just ben a bit did. tricky. He went in there.
0: Yeah, yeah, he was in. I'm sure. I'm pretty sure.
1: Wow. Yeah. I mean, I would love. To, I would love to go. But yeah, no, like you said, it's it's um it's kind of like um yeah, it's kind of like treating people like zoo animals. Yeah. Um, and you know, I don't know if you know that. Um, well, I just found this out that um. Uh, the mili- you can script it into the military yeah. every uh, every man is um has to serve in the military at the age of twenty in yeah South well, Korea. that was
0: famously what split up b t s
1: oh right yeah of course behind the scenes um and so th- there's all these like young soldiers up there and they are kind of row- they're kind of the rowdiest ones they're kind of joking around it's like they're it's like a kind of very you know Laddie, um, which you, you kind of don't really expect out of South Koreans. Uh, you know, it, it, some you kind of think that South Korea, the military service in, the, in South Korea is kind of treated really seriously and that, you know, there's a lot of respect amongst people in the culture here. Uh, so it's kind of weird to see all these boys together in their uniforms going up on the observation deck looking into their enemy. Yeah, um, and just watching watching North Koreans, and I'm guessing that they're just doing it as part of you know, it's kind of context for their service. Yeah, uh, right. but it is it is it's it was odd. Like I think I I took a photo of all, all of those guys kind of lined up, and it was yeah, it's a little bit surreal just to just to watch South Korean soldiers looking in at at North Korean civilians. Mm. Um. But, Yeah, it was a cool experience. I mean, they've got a fucking theme park there though. Like <laughs> I didn't know I didn't know how to take it and they they've got you know at every point that they take you to there's maybe like five checkpoints. Um there's you know they're serving hot dogs and they've got like <laughs> DMZ merch and they they're playing like smooth jazz and there's uh and there's a theme there's a theme an empty theme park there. And I was just the like, military what? land. Yeah yeah like what is this is very odd yeah um but it, i mean it's a cool experience like i don't know i probably wouldn't do it again they would they actually take you down through one of these tunnels that the north koreans built um after there was a i'm going to butcher the history here but there was like a an armistice agreement where they agreed that they wouldn't you know fire at each other or whatever and then north korea secretly built all these tunnels underground into into south korea right. um with the intention to, you know, invade, Sabotage, yeah. I guess, at some point. And then anyway, they were found by South Korea. They reclaimed them, whatever. Now they've turned them into a tourist attraction <laughs> and you can go down there. And that was part of what we did. We went down into these tunnels and it's like an 11 degree a decline. And it's like, four. I think it's 400 meters, 400 meters in this tunnel. You can stand up for, to a point and then you're kind of walking hunched over. So yeah. it's kind of cozy. And there is two hundred other. You falling
0: asleep. It was like your ideal plane scenario. <laughs>
1: <laughs> there's there's two hundred other tourists in there though, and you know you have to wear a hard hat and you basically get down to the bottom and I, I couldn't even make it because it was it was too uh I was, you know we stopped at one point and I saw all of these people at the bottom of the thing waiting to look through this it's kind of a peephole. Lauren said. Yeah, she finished it. Um. Kind of to look through this this peephole thing, and apparently they just made up these artificial plants and stuff to make it look like it was a it was a place, but it it was just fake. Um, And I couldn't. I just started to get a bit panicky, so I had to leave. Yeah, claustrophobic. It was it was was very strange how they how they commercialized this um, this zone that serves in a very real sense. Uh, as a as a, a kind of a, a neutral space between two nations that have so much history, active conflict still, yeah. And the other the other interesting thing is that after this after this um, tour, they take us into a, a viewing room, which is kind of like a cinema, and you watch a fifteen minute video on the DMZ, the history of South Korea, the history of North Korea, and the conflict. And we were saying this on the right way right home. It, f- it, it felt very much like propaganda from South Korea. And, and it's not necessarily that... It's it's definitely not propaganda in, in, in the way that North Korea is almost certainly um, telling... Demonizing,
0: their, yeah, their foes to it, their people.
1: South Korea, like their, their, their version of events is definitely more based in truth or at least not to sound too conspiratorial I really don't mean to sound that but like at least you know the version of events that yeah. we've been taught as well in western society yeah but it definitely also had a point of view you know like the, the language that they used was it wasn't like objective in any sense it was yeah. it was it was kind of pointed you know as very much at north korea and it's interesting that you know if you don't have a full grasp on the on the history of of everything, it's very hard to disagree. You can you can disagree with some of the language that they use, um, but like the facts, I don't know if they're what they're telling me are facts or what they're not. But like, I think it's like creates a little bit of I don't know. It's it's not as trustworthy as it as it could be. And you know, at the end of, I mean, it, it felt very much like the South Korean government want Western people who are going on this tour to leave with a very particular. Uh, idea of, you know, what's happened and the relationship between South and North Korea. But
0: yeah. anyway, it's very... interesting in the context as well of, you know, the entire country, as you say, all the men for decades having been conscripted and gone through a militaristic preparation process and everything. Uh, I'm sure, as you say, that the the focal point of like making that a tourist destination is for tourist you know impressions like it's communicating something to the outside world but i think it would be true to say that also it's a self-reinforcing belief system thing there as well where the narrative also suits the idea of conscription and the, the preparatory you know military stuff that every man has to go through like it's it's bolstering that narrative too i'm sure
1: yeah absolutely um and we we learned a a few different like interesting things about um about the relationship one of them is that um and apparently north this is our tour guide who's a really funny young guy south korean guy he said that you can south koreans can hear can tell if you're a North Korean. They have obviously a lot of defectors in South Korea. And he said that they stick out like a sore thumb because a lot of the language that they use is very old-fashioned. It's like they've been stuck in time. Yeah. So they can tell, South Koreans can tell if um, you're a North Korean just by how you speak because you speak like you're from the 20s or something.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. yeah, and they also have to, those defectors, they have to spend um, three months. If, like, South Korea will... Invite North Koreans to defect to to the country. Yeah, but they have to they have to spend three months in an education kind of program in order to bring uh, to assimilate them back into South Korea. Yeah, so I read a book. I'm pretty sure this is the
0: one uh, called "In Order to Live" by Yonmi Park, which was about a North Korean girl who defected went to South Korea and and her struggles to uh, escape everything from like um, prostitution and and child abuse and like she had a sister and and all of this um, like a, a mother and a sister who were trying to all get out at the same time and the shit she went through to leave north korea and get to south korea and you know no, no spoilers she ended up getting there because she was able to write a book about it um but at the end of that novel they're talking through that process of the several months of of uh, what, what did you call it like re-education or you know
1: yeah the, re-education program
0: that whole time in like a almost like a prison of a different kind where you're learning Mm. how everything you thought about the world was wrong and and get re-educated about it Um, so if there is either in yourself or in anyone listening an interest in those kind of stories I I can recommend that book because I I I really enjoyed that perspective of it but like it doesn't (laughs) doesn't make North Korea sound like a particularly (laughs) hospitable or pleasant place to go live
1: Oh, I would I'll definitely check out that book cuz I need some things to read so yeah, um, thanks for that yeah but I mean the other thing is like <clears throat> Kim I think South Korea has had something like 12 or 13 presidents or prime pre- presidents in since it became its own nation in like 1950s wow. and North Korea's had three and they've all been related to each other and it's it's just so funny that you know you can have you know the North Korean people you know, living in frozen in time. It sounds like. Yeah. yeah meanwhile, Kim Jong Un is, you know, palling up with Dennis Rodman and Trump, and he's <laughs> yeah, living his best watching life, watching Pornhub, and yeah, you know, he's, he's obsessed with Disneyland and shit, and it's it's just it's a it's a bizarre. They bizarre should invite place. him to the
0: demilitarized zone. It sounds like there's a Disneyland equivalent right there.
1: Yeah. Well, seems like a big old big old teenager. <laughs> yes that man
0: oh well uh that's real
1: interesting uh, thank you for sharing
0: um i look forward to what in two weeks time you'll be in vietnam
1: we're there we're there on sunday actually yeah so um, it'll
0: be interesting to hear what's what continues to happen in our next pod yeah um all right
1: you know, how about you say things yeah I shut the fuck up hey michael eat shit oh
0: what Eat shit. It's time for science news. Play the jingle. It's that time. Time for science news.
1: okay i don't know about that new lead-in nick <laughs> it's a bit aggressive
0: <laughs> okay well let's see what you think after this uh the guardian reports that the u.s approves a fecal transplant pill that will obviate the need for stool banks
1: michael what do you know about the microbiome what do you know about uh, gut health what do i uh oh, look i love your cult um But that's about the extent of of my knowledge on microbiomes. Sure.
0: Well, let me tell you something. U.S. health officials have approved the first pill made from healthy bacteria found in human waste to fight dangerous gut infections, which is an easier way of performing so-called fecal transplants. Michael, if you had to guess, what would you imagine that a fecal transplant is and what it's for?
1: is it when they remove your lower intestine and then replace it with another lower intestine
0: close but instead of lower intestine you take someone else's shit and you put it in your body now
1: <laughs> so I was so close
0: you were close in fact it was arguably you went too gentle in your in your guess <laughs> you steered away from what was in the name which was a fecal transplant so let me let mm. me paint some context here the Amen. The gut, you know of, of everyone is is a community of trillions of microbes, right? bacteria and viruses and 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 fungi and microorganisms are a sort of massive organic matter which digests food and has its own. it's like it's a colony that's actually two kilograms heavy. Um, and the health of that, Colony, that biome is affected by your environment, by what you eat. And in turn, that then affects your metabolism and your immunity and even your mood. So, to be healthy and to keep humans healthy, the microbiome also needs to be diverse and healthy. But that's an increasing problem in the modern world where diets are less diverse, where medical treatments like antibiotics come in and kill off good bacteria. You know, the whole Yakult thing, the whole um, probiotics thing is the idea of putting good bacteria back into the gut. It's all in this this context of the broader holistic impact that the microbiome has on the human body. Um, In some people, the microbiome has been so badly damaged that it needs new microbes to be introduced. And for the past 10 years, the way this has been done experimentally is through fecal transplant. Yes, literally taking the poo of a healthy person and giving it to someone whose gut is fucked so that the good bacteria and the good biome and the shit of the healthy person can grow in the gut of the person who's struggling. This is a fecal microbiota transplant or an FMT. Um... This has been approved. (laughs) Yeah,
1: I'd be be calling it an FMT if I I was in the marketing team at that place. (laughs) I understand why you would brand it. Um, So this has been approved in
0: Australia. This has also now been approved in the FDA in America. It's specifically at this point for treating infection by what's called the Clostridiodes uh, difficile bacterium or C. diff. It's an infection of the gut that's like really serious and can actually be deadly um, the analogy that this article uses is it, for people whose gut has been disrupted by antibiotics or medical treatments, it's like the internal rainforest, the microbiome has been raised to the ground, then seed if this bad bacterium, pops up like a weed, starts producing toxins, just shreds your guts, basically. So the fecal matter transplant is to revegetate the landscape, put good bacteria back in, drown out the bad weaker competitor this c diff so then the gut recovers and then it treats things like ulcerative colitis inflammatory bowel disease other kinds of like real um difficult medical conditions so (laughs) for the background can
1: you tell me more about the process of putting shit in I would love to. And thank you I for... Think you've got that?
0: Yeah, I, I have all of the details here. And thank you so much because I was going to go there whether you wanted to or not. And I really appreciate <laughs> that you set me up with genuine interest. Yeah. So as you might imagine, people who are healthy and have a good internal microbiome Relatively hard to find and, and it's not really a, a widely established practice to know whether or not you've got good shit. Yeah, you, you, you
1: know shit. if you are one of those people?
0: Yeah, so they're, they're sometimes called unicorns because it is so hard to find them. But a unicorn donor must not have any chronic gastrointestinal disorders or infectious diseases or be immunocompromised. They kind of had recent antibiotics. They'll also be screened for a range of diseases. Um, there's a biotech firm in Adelaide who uh, has... Just been approved by the Therapeutic Goods Administration, and they have a special loo for poo donors to make their deposit. Um, the poo loo, the poo loo. Um, so after you've taken this deposit, it's then whisked away, tested again to make sure there's no pathogens, nothing that could be, you know, devastating for someone that's immunocompromised or other things, and then literally their sample goes into the blender. <laughs> it goes into a blender. They want oh. to make sure the the lid is on firmly. Um, you're storing it at the right temperature. You're preventing oxygen exposure. There's lots of stringent protocols. Um, and now, this is when we get to the real, the real juice of the matter. Oh boy! Under the Therapeutic Goods Administration approved method, this is starting several years ago. This is before the the recent development, which we will come back to. What they would do <laughs> is they would take the fecal sample. It'll be loaded into a syringe that goes on the end of a colonoscope. It's frozen and so then kept safely until the use. And they thaw it just before the physician inserts it up the butt in a long flexible tube and deposit it in the colon.
1: Wow. Under anesthesia?
0: I guess that's up to the patient. The other option, you tell me which one. I'll give you the three options. And, okay. and you can tell me which one you'd prefer. You no, can, tricky. as I say, syringe up a tube into the colon. Option two, enema. Option three, down the nasal passage. Straighten, go from the top down and, and let it come down
1: just, the other way. They, they take that frozen log, they, yep, they get a credit it. card. Yep. <laughs> <and> then <laughs> they chop it up. God, the high it's is
0: incredible. It, it is, un- <laughs> it is un- that is the
1: good shit. Boy, um, I mean, I'd have to go under for this. I couldn't. I couldn't be awake. <laughs> yeah, I could not be awake. Okay. I mean, also, I think that's how that's they? Okay, so the no, I I don't like either. I don't like any of those. Yeah. So
0: the end result of this, and they have actually like this for all that is gross. This has actually led to legitimate. Uh, restorative bene- benefits for people whose gut have been fucked. Like the logic here is sound. If you have people who's, whose microbiome is ruined, putting healthy bacteria in letting them grow genuinely works to make things a lot better. It says here in this study, up to 88% of people saw um, return to normal gut health afterwards. Like it's it's a really effective way of doing it. So once you have the good bacteria back in, the ecosystem comes back, that you know, if you're using the rainforest analogy, the trees are growing, the birds are back, different species come in, and you go out and you live your life, and just like every um, other human being on earth, the things you eat, the environment you're in, those bacteria come in. You get variety. Food gives you nutrients, all that kind of stuff. But you can understand why this this methodology of literally eating shit in some cases is potentially off-putting to some patients, even if you do have serious um, C. diff infections and that kind of thing, which brings us to the news. I will again repeat this headline. The US has approved a fecal transplant pill that will obviate the need for stool banks. No more ingesting shit. A pill made from healthy bacteria found in human waste will be available to fight dangerous gut infections, an easier way of performing the so-called faecal transplant. Um, But
1: is the pill made of faecal matter? It's,
0: yeah, I mean, yeah, it sounds like it's still a poo pill, but look, I'll, I'll, I'll read a little bit of this article now. So C. diff is a dangerous um, infection. It kills 15 to 30,000 people a year. It can be killed with antibiotics, but they also destroy the good bacteria. The capsules are now approved for patients who've already received the antibiotic treatment. The FDA approved the first pharmaceutical grade version of the FMT, the stool transplants, um, last year. That company's product, like most of the original procedures, were rectal delivery. This. Uh, new company will market its drug as a less invasive option. Treatment will be sold under the brand name Vaust and comes as a regimen of four daily capsules taken for three consecutive days. Um, so, the other action, the other um, side of this, which I didn't fully explore here, is that because finding these poo donors who are actually healthy, who give good poo stock is so difficult, they have stool blanks. Stool banks in the way that you have blood banks. yeah. So they get donations, they get frozen, they get stored, and then they had this industry of, like, shit on ice that they could use to then help patients. Um, this will now um, decrease demand for that and potentially make it a lot easier for people to, to see recovery. Um uh,
1: there's one more. I wonder, Go ahead. <clears throat> no, I'm just thinking that, like, if they're looking for these unicorns, that I wonder if um, there is, like, a, a particular race of people or a community of people who tend to eat the same thing that, you know, you hear about all these, you know, the, uh, this village in Italy that, you know, everyone lives to you know, 120 or whatever uh, because they're eating the same food or whatever and they have, like, the, the same environmental factors i wonder if there is like a a particular um group or collection of people that live somewhere that are eating the same things have the and they just have all the elements in the right place that you know they have great gut health
0: well it's a it's a very astute observation one of the interesting um donor things that they were looking for when people were first um exploring these fmt treatments was they would look for <laughs> nearby people to you for the donors because you share a lot of the same right. environmental um, exposure you know you might be living in the same place or eating similar foods so that might mean a family member or it might mean a roommate and <laughs> that's oh, can you definitely. imagine so you're in melbourne you you you're you know, bunking with three other people, you get a real upset stomach, you know, the C. diff diagnosis and you leave the note on the flat fridge. Hey, can I have some of your shit please? (laughs) If a friend came to you and said, mate, I need something from you. Would you, would you be, would you be willing to go donate? i
1: if it was you, yeah, I would do it. I would okay, do it for well, that's you. That's very nice. I wouldn't do it for a lot of other people though. <laughs> okay. And I I also wouldn't receive it from anyone that I knew. <laughs> I'm not okay. receiving. I'd rather die. I'd rather donor. I would rather die. <laughs> I'd rather die. I wouldn't I wouldn't be able to look you in the eye. How <laughs> could you? How could you do that? How do you, you it to ask a friend to do that? You'd have to take them out for coffee even though that's a diuretic. That's not going to help, yeah. You know, that's not going to help you know i just
0: no <laughs> okay here's my final um here's my final twist on the story and uh, then we can leave it behind um, so this company which has made this pill will co-market the treatment with drumroll please nestle <laughs> nestle and we'll split the profits. The company will receive $125 million in a milestone payment from Nestle in connection with this FDA approval. So Nestle really looking out for all parts of the, the digestive experience here. Nestle soon bringing to market its shit pills. So keep an eye out
1: for that folks. It's funny that Nestle are on board here because um, literally all of Nestle's, pro- Nestle's products are brown. <laughs>
0: exactly. I mean, I, you can see Coffee, where the correlation comes from.
1: Chocolate. Yeah. Uh, net. There's Nesquik. I think that's Nestle. Isn't yeah, that's it? brown. Yeah. Is it? It's all brown. Well, it's on brand. It is very interesting the relationship between mood and uh, and your gut and your gut health. I think like we're only there's only like awareness being brought to it now. But like the the saying, you know, go with your gut. Um there's been like a sense i think from people without understanding the science completely that your gut really does have a huge part to play it's like a second brain in a way where it can affect mood it can affect emotions people i don't know does it affect decision making i guess so probably you know you know you, the, the people refer to you know an instinct as as your gut your gut instinct it is it is a very interesting relationship that that we have with our gut and it does seem to be like a a big engine in the in the human body that like does a lot more than just processed you know um, micronutrients macronutrients and and waste
0: yeah i agree i think it's genuinely a very interesting area of research and i think that as you know we talk on this podcast a lot about what will we look back on 50 years from now and and look at what we're doing and how we're living and and be like, oh my God, how did we not, you know, X, Y, Z. I think gut health is one of those ones where it's going to grow in terms of importance and understanding in a huge way, whether it's in terms of cancer implications or mood or, you know, depression or there are lots of interesting studies. Uh, Let me be clear that I don't know that there is a proven correlation between depression and gut, but in terms of those kind of implications and the way that they interact in your body with other aspects of your your physiology and, and your psychology, I think it's going to be very interesting to see where this area of research goes.
1: Big time. And I think that um, I read that uh, the... This might, may or may not be related, but the number of cases of colon cancer, especially with young men, it has increased... Dramatically since the 1990s, they had that. Uh, who's that famous? Who's the guy that died from it? Who won an Oscar posthumously? Bo Bow bo. He was like a Marvel guy, I think. Maybe.
0: Oh right, yeah, yeah. Um, Chadwick Boseman was that colon cancer. Chadwick Boseman, it was colon cancer, but yeah, apparently it's not, it's on the rise. Well, but, but do we know it's on the rise, or do we
1: just are we catching it more? Idea, oh, yeah, just just talking shit. Well, we, literally, if you, if you don't mind, yeah. If you don't
0: no, mind. I, I'm not. You know, being argumentative. I'm just curious whether or not we do actually know that more cases are happening versus um, being better equipped to catch it or identify it.
1: I am scared of colon cancer because it's the grossest cancer. What you know? Yeah. Really? Do you understand that? No, I don't. I'd understand rather. It. I'd rather have like lung cancer than colon Why? Because the lungs to me aren't gross like if you're if you're going in for treatment in for colon cancer you're having things put up I assume x-rays it's not the price you, you haven't you haven't got any privacy <laughs>
0: okay I wouldn't have thought that was your number one priority in those moments <laughs> to be for honest, me, look, it if, would be if I had a colon issue, I'd be like, fucking get in there. Get in there as much as you, like, yeah. do all that you need because yep. I don't want to die. Please yep. continue.
1: And you know what? I'm not even going to make a joke about you. you. No, but you smirk.
0: <laughs> so we know what you're thinking. <laughs> but I, I appreciate you didn't anything. verbalize
1: it. I didn't verbalize it.
0: <laughs> and that's how I traveling that's has crutch. already matured you as a person.
1: Um now a better person. <laughs> <But> <laughs> let's ask Lauren. I just But <laughs> it's not. <laughs> uh
0: if you've enjoyed our chats this week, well Thank you so much. That's, that's a lovely compliment to hear. Um, why don't you put it in writing, though, on one of the many services that we frequent? You could flick a message to Facebook. You could rate us on Spotify or write a review on the Apple Podcasts platform. You can send it to your friends and suggest that they might like listening to this episode. Or you could write an email to us, steepford at gmail.com, and we would happily read that out. So plenty of options there. Don't be a stranger. Um, it's not worth it.
1: It's not worth being a stranger. Yeah, be a friend. Everyone wants a friend. Don't be a stranger. I was thinking about doing some postcards. Oh, that's a Bring good idea. Some some old school postcards. We think about that.
0: I am a, a bit of a postcard fan. I don't know if you recall this, but during
1: lockdown, you did, and I, it took four years to get there. It, it was, took we forever. Got, I, you sent me a postcard during COVID, and then we got. I only just received it yesterday.
0: Yeah. On the original 2020 lockdowns, the day before everything shut, I went to the post office. I bought 40 stamps or something and 40 postcards. And every day I wrote a postcard to a different friend, um, some back in Australia, some locally. And just used that as my excuse to go for my exercise. And I walked to the post box each day and posted one card.
1: That's a lovely... I I love that very
0: much. It was a nice kind of um, psychological tool as well to just like... Keep in contact with people in a time of uncertainty. So go for it. I say postcard away.
1: All right. Well, maybe maybe you'll get one. Oh, okay. Do you know my address? No. Okay. Well, <laughs> we will find that out. Well, I guess if, if I'm asking for your address, you know what you're getting. <laughs> yes. Actually, just send me your address and then I can just do it whenever. Yeah, there are ways to
0: sort this out off pod or we could just leave this in.
1: <laughs> yeah. Just leave it in. <laughs> A little peek behind the curtain.
0: Okay, you got some um, some story nibbles for me, some outros, some questions, some some bits.
1: Yeah, okay, so um one more and and apology for the travel um fatigue that I think we're good. The I don't I don't think you, get. you need to worry. But um so Lauren and I went in uh, Tokyo we went to um this theme park called Fujiku Highland do you know about this place
0: Fujiku Highland no I don't
1: yeah well this is uh, they've got the some of the biggest and scariest roller coasters in the world oh and that's not just something that they say it's something that the Guinness Book of Records says they've got four of the the they've got like the fastest roller coaster the one with the biggest st- uh, uh the steepest incline, uh, steepest decline, or whatever. They've got all these, they've clearly built these roller coasters to smash Guinness World Record of records. Breakers. Yeah. Record Breakers, but it's all set against the backdrop of the base of Mount Fuji. Okay. So it is, it's picturesque. It's incredible. Now, it was, it was, ra- it was kind of drizzling raining basically every day we were in Japan, except for this day that we went there. So we had the most, incredible view of um, of the fooge. Um, Is they that say, what the I locals think, call that. it? The fooge. The food. Um And we went on these roller coasters and it was, um, I hadn't been on a roller coaster in ages, but it was fucking fun as shit. Like you have to, you have to line up. We got a bit lucky um, because, you know, going on Reddit, people are saying, you know, it's not worth it because you have to line up for two and a half hours. We got pretty lucky. The longest we waited was an hour and a half for one oh. roller coaster. Yeah, um, but it was so fun. But it got. Me are you thinking, a coaster you know, guy? You like you like a coast? Well, I don't I haven't. When I was a kid, I, I I went on two roller coasters that I loved. Uh, one was in uni, uh, not Universal Studios, the Disneyland in California, whatever mm-hmm. that's called. I think that one's um, Disneyland, that was, yeah. Disneyland, Not, uh, and it sounded
0: snarky, but versus Disney World, I think is the other one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In yeah, something
1: different. And I, that was that was a big one. That was like a that's like a objectively, you know, you would say it's a, it's a scary one, but kind of got nothing on this. But you you know, I'm, I went there when I was like fifteen. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, it was it was a thrill, but yeah, I was kind of I mean,
0: of, fucking Disneyland. You got you're going to enjoy it, right?
1: Right, but I mean, like it's it's kind of it is very it's scary as a as a kid to, yeah. to feel that sensation of just dropping yeah. and accelerating at the same time. Yeah. Um. And the other one was there was I think they had a it was either the Batman or the Superman roller coaster in Movie World, uh, Queensland. Yeah, Movie World. And when I so I haven't been on a roller coaster since I've been about fifteen. Right. And those times. This is, I was thinking about this as well. When I went on those two roller coasters, both of those times I was lining up again. I, w- I just stayed there by myself and I was just doing them again and again and again. And in both instances, my dad, who was with me those times was like, okay, well, I'm going to go off with your brother and we're going to go explore the park. But if you're right here and I was cutting the line, cause I was just the sing, uh, just a single, single boy. Kid, yeah. So I was just going again and again and again and i'm thinking like if i had a kid who was 13 or 14 <laughs> and he was going on these roller coasters and just doing it again and again and again i'd be as a parent i'd be like this is alarm bells for addictive drug taking behavior like cuz it's like the wanting the wanting the high the rush and it's like again it's like i would say that that is that's a red flag for <laughs> really for like Drug abuse. <laughs> okay, that seems like a bit of a stretch to me. Does it? Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, it turned out not to be true. <laughs> yeah. Just you know, for the most part. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no. So what I was thinking about roller coasters, we went on these terrifically scary roller coasters. Like, I really, I mean that in the in the truest sense. They yeah. Were like, so they were they were Fuzz, fun, intense, but they were fucking horrifying. scary at points. They're yeah. really you know, scary, but I was thinking why, why do... Go on.
0: are they seated ones? Are, are you dangling? What's what, what are we talking in terms of connection?
1: There was a dangle. There was a dangly one. That's a did one a, as well.
0: I did a universal studios in Tokyo or something like that, or outside of Tokyo. Yep. And it was a suspended one where it's strapped around your chest and then you tilt forward and you dangle underneath the track. So it's going like this. Um, And I did that one. And that's like you are just staring at the ground. Like that one is, it's very intense not feeling like you at least have a seat underneath you. Yes. And then two weeks after I was there, there was a news story around the world that that exact coaster that I'd done had stuck halfway through. And people were stuck on that ride for two and a half hours as they worked to get people (laughs) off because the cart had stopped halfway through the the machine. And they oh were just dangling their legs above
1: like a thirty foot concrete drop
0: for two and a half hours.
1: <laughs> I mean that those kind of things are going through your head yeah. when you're when you're strapped in. One of the ones that we were on, like you, you 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 get in, so everyone loads in and you think you're at the back and then it, as it takes off, it flips you backwards like this, and it's you realize that you're actually at the front, but you're going backwards. Ugh, yeah, and it's dangling and spinning, and it's this is like I'll send you some videos of the ones we yeah. went on because yeah. I think they're <laughs> you get a real sense of how scary these fucking things are. Yeah. Anyway, great time. But what I, what I was bringing this up is it got me thinking like why why do people go on roller coasters at all? Like what is it what is it about human beings that want to experience um, you know a, a t- a fear and it is genuine fear but it's also exhilaratingly fun and some and also some people don't want to some people are just like fuck no why would I do that so like is, is it acting on this like primal what what primal feeling or behavior is this reenacting I assume it's some sort of reenactment of a, of, of a primal primal level
0: i mean i think it's the same reason people go on hot ones right it's like hitting an extremity of feeling and then the afterglow of the adrenaline and the endorphins is this i mean you said it jokingly but it's like it's it's like taking drugs in the sense that it yeah, gives yeah, your yeah. body a flush through of all of these like emotions and hormones and things that it doesn't feel in day to day, and that's that's fun, right? That's novel. It's that there are some people for whom they're like absolute roller coaster addicts, and the scarier the better, yeah. and and they're probably immune to a lot of the like fears and the the feelings like that. For someone like us who don't do it that often. Yeah. You jump on for the first time in 20 years and you're just about shitting yourself because it's not yeah. your normal life. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not because I think in the moment it's fun for most people, though I think the speed and the deceleration and that kind of stuff could have moment to moment thrills. I think what gets people coming back is the aftermath where it's like you get off and like, Oh my God. And like your, your body is like convulsing in this, you know, wash of fear, adrenaline, endorphins and everything. And it's that a high afterwards that, that brings people to it.
1: Yeah. That's a good point. Like the, there is like, I mean, there is definitely a rush while you're doing them as well. Yeah. Um, Especially if you've in one day, you've gone on a couple, like, so you've gone on, you know, one scary one kind of got the cobwebs out or whatever. Yeah, and then you're like, okay, so this is a safe thing to do. Yeah, and I'm kind of you know um, accustomed to the the anticipation, which is part of the other thing. Is like if you're lining up for an hour or an hour and a half for some of these rides, like you just you're seeing the ride go past go. and seeing all the screams yeah. going past, and yeah, that is that is add that adds big time to to the anticipation and and the fear and the excitement. But I think you're right, like the 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 endorphin rush is akin to the the kind of rush that you get when you've um, yeah you've eaten like a hot chili and you're you're kind of you're you you realize that you realize that you're not in danger anymore and you've done this thing yeah you know it's like when you eat it's a hot chili at some it's level your you- body's just like we're being poisoned we're being poisoned yeah and then it, this then the the pain fades and you're like well it's kind of maybe like the same Run as high or something like yeah, that.
0: Or the near miss of like you're on a road and then someone pulled in front of you and you slammed on the brakes and then you get out. Right. And it's not fun, but like afterwards you have this mm. kind of like, like you're, you're shaking with adrenaline thing, right? Like it's...
1: Yeah. Or you're like drink driving and then you see a, a you know, a, an RBT and then you they yeah. wave you through. I mean, yeah. it's the same thing.
0: Exactly. Very relatable, yeah.
1: And you're just like, whew. Got the away with continues.
0: it. The night continues. When I went to Universal Studios... Um, as someone who was not a coaster head, it's what people call them, um, I sort of set myself a challenge to do every ride in the park when I was there. And that included the really fucking scary one, which was dangling (laughs) above the concrete and which failed two weeks later. Um, But I set myself that challenge and I worked up across the day through all of the rides. It was also a fairly sort of damp day. So I didn't have all those huge queues and was able to do it but by the end of the day not only did i feel like the adrenaline of i've done these big scary rides which i wouldn't have done before but i felt like the satisfaction of yeah i fucking i i did did it like all of yes. it like i'd put the myself feet. through a thing you know
1: yeah yeah and it's a, it's a, it's an interesting thing i think like if you're if you're looking at this from like an alien's perspective i think you you'd find it quite amusing that that humans do this it's almost, it's, it's
0: to bring it full circle again, to go back to the the zoo shit. analogy of like... <laughs> there's been a lot of shit talk, uh, well, more than usual in this episode. <laughs> but to bring it back to the demilitarized zone, like the idea of like go up and stare at the humans in their cage, like this is another sort of like looking at this objectively. It's, the, it's these little animals who are living in routines where the historic you know, when you were an ape in a tree, you were fighting or flighting. That's not how that phrase is used, but you were fighting or flighting all the time. Um, and this is an opportunity for the, the animals to get that, that rush again. Um, yeah. but it's, it's, as you say, if an alien was looking at it and, and peering through the fence,
1: I think you could quite fairly say, why do you want, <laughs> why do they want this? I mean, I think that when I go to the when I go to the gym it's like seeing people running on treadmills inside it's like if you were a caveman you 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 couldn't you couldn't possibly (laughs) explain that to a caveman yeah what this is the
0: thing we do when the mammoth is chasing us why have you (laughs) chosen to do this here
1: on purpose in one spot yeah it'd be so confusing
0: (laughs) um I, I feel like we need to touch on one other little bit of news um, okay. We talk sub. I feel like sub is done. I'm not interested in sub anymore. How do you feel, though, about Elon Musk getting in a cage fight with Mark Zuck? Have you heard oh, about I know this? I about this. No. So the two fucking multi-billionaires, for whatever fucking reason, have been tweeting back and forth about Flirting. wanting to fight each other. And as far as anyone can tell at this stage... <laughs> They are both serious and they Love want it. to fight each other and have a cage fight. What the fuck is going on, Michael? Do you have any insights, please? I don't understand.
1: Um, we have we have little boys running the world. Uh, and <laughs> they're the ones who have the biggest toys, and this is literally sounds like I just heard about this, but it literally just sounds like something a fifteen-year-old boy would do if he had all the power in the world. It's it seems like a Pixar movie almost. If
0: you have if you have literally everything, if you have billions of dollars and you can get anything you want at any time, is the only thing left to like be the adrenaline rush roller coaster, getting into a fight with someone because p- multiple people like what. <sighs> There was that YouTuber um, Logan Paul, Logan Paul, yeah, who started getting into fighting. I I, like, where is this? Is this like some
1: weird conservative masculinity thing where it's like? I I honestly think it is a masculinity thing. Like MMA is is creeping into um, the zeitgeist. I think a lot more. Like I'm very much more aware of it. Like all of these. Um, Podcast that I listen to, they all start, to, they've all started talking about MMA now. And I wonder if it's come trickled down from the teat of Daddy Rogan. Yeah. And now everyone's just, uh, uh. you know, tying this in with masculinity. And I don't know, it's kind of like a, it's kind of like the antithesis of, um, of the uh, gender neutralization of, of people. I think there's a certain, um, subsect of people that think that, um, that it's reactionary, men are, men are being feminized, sure, uh, and women are being masculinized.
0: masculinated, masculinized,
1: whatever that masculine people can Masculated. Who knows? that later. But I, I think there is, I think that that might be, it might be a reaction to that, but it's also uh, so, oh god, it's so dumb. I mean, it's not, it's, look, I don't want to say, I don't want to paint. It is dumb. It is It is dumb. I'm sorry. It's well, dumb. Zuck, why is the, the, head, the head of Elon Twitter
0: thing? and the head of Facebook? Need, why do they want to fight each other? And, and well, to be like Mark Zuckerberg has been taking, uh, like Taekwondo. taekwondo He's he doing something?
1: Taekwondo, hasn't he? Well, what I find funny about this is that like Elon has, he'll troll, which I think is, well I, known, I, Yeah. I, I'm less, I'm more amused by it than some. Um, but Zuckerberg doesn't really have that in him. So maybe maybe Elon's trying to troll and then Zuckerberg's, you know, thinking he's he's got a lot of confidence from the Taekwondo.
0: Yeah. Well, the, the, know, that's... The, um, do you know the show The Other Two? It's a comedy series. We talked about it a couple of years ago. I've actually just picked it up again. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a third season at the moment and they do a thing in one of the episodes where Brooke dates a millionaire and millionaires are sort of depicted as normal people compared to billionaires because she dates billionaires for a while and they are all obsessed with going to space and then <laughs> she dates a millionaire who becomes a billionaire during their date and they <laughs> depict it as a very sudden change of behavior and personality <laughs> and the guy just ends up like impro- improbably like clinging to a wall <laughs> halfway up the restaurant and the billionaire she'd been dating had been like rock climbing and going to space and all this kind of thing and the the millionaire just says i want to get real high like <laughs> just like which is the dumbest thing but somehow so emotionally true about this kind of person it's the idea of like i just need to be up i need to be in a tall yeah. place <laughs> And this feels like an emotional truth, even if it's ridiculous. But what yeah. it, it, I don't know. <laughs> I really like that show, it's a fucking great show. Yeah, we're well, not doing a wreck show. engine, but god, that no. show.
1: No, you wrecked it to me, I think. And uh, <laughs> yeah. I, it's one of the shows that like I don't, I don't watch, I don't watch any shows like uh, all the time, but like if I'm hungover or something, I'll pop that on. Yeah, get rewired. But yeah, uh, who do you reckon will win, though?
0: It's a real question. If it genuinely happens, Zuckerberg
1: will kick Musk's
0: ass. I just, yeah. I don't think that Elon Musk has any kind of coordination.
1: Yeah, I'm on, I'm on, I'm on Zuck's as well. But I mean, what a, what an, what an ugly fight that's going to be. Like, and not, not <laughs> ugly, in, not, and not ugly in the sense that it's going to be scrappy. Just like, just sad unappealing. To watch. I mean, a that sad, sad is sad fight.
0: That is the what MMA has brought to the table, right? MMA has made fighting sexy in a way that very few sports have. And if those two guys get in a cage, I think unsexy the dream's fight. over. That's an unsexy yeah. fight, and we can all admit it. And maybe that's maybe that's a
1: good thing. Maybe maybe we'll have maybe, <laughs> maybe if they this fight, is everyone good. will be like, oh, "Is that is that what we look like?" And we'll be like, "Yeah." So stop talking about it. and then Maybe they'll kill it for everyone.
0: Yeah, it's a hot take, but maybe Elon fighting Mark Zuck in a cage is a good thing. Look, it might be
1: the best thing that happened for the world. <laughs> it might be. Maybe we've maybe. solved it. <laughs>
0: uh, nice. Nice, dude. Oh, well, it was a real pleasure to speak to you. I'm glad that you're doing well. Send my best to Loz. Will do. Apologize um, for
1: taking uh, you away from
0: her for the afternoon
1: uh i'm guessing that this is the best uh hour and a half that she's had in, <laughs> <laughs> in weeks 10 days <laughs> just not having me to speak and annoy her yeah great oh lauren says she's got a segment next time
0: oh
1: oh she's got a surprise okay? oh
0: i'm very excited tell her it tell her
1: sold sold was that a soul pun no but it could be I've been thinking about captions for Instagram. Oh, yeah. Do you want to hear some of them while I'm I'm in (laughs) Seoul? Yeah. Funk soul Brother. (laughs) Good. (laughs) Uh, The other one was also soul Brother. Okay, so it was a bit of redundant. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Um, that's all good. That's pretty much all. (laughs) Okay, you had one. You had one idea.
0: (laughs) I had one. Okay, that's fine.